Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. You can go ahead and turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy. This is going to be the main focus of verse I'll use today. 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7, and I'm going to focus on verse 20 and 21. But I'm bridging today. We've been in a series um, initially titled Winning in the Crisis. And now I'm bridging from that series, winning into crisis, winning in a crisis to go for the gold. And those who've been following us should not be foreign to this phrase. I've been using it over the last couple of weeks, go for the gold, because it's a prophetic word to us that in this season, God wants to give us new energy, new, new motivation. God wants us to reset ourselves, reset ourselves for new things and better things. So he's telling us to go for the gold. So that would be my focus today, but I'm going to bridge you from winning in the crisis uh, to go for the gold. Uh, winning in the crisis from go for the gold. So winning in crisis was our series we started in August, and now I'm shifting to go for the gold. But I'm going to bridge it today and do some short recap, and then I'll end with 2 Timothy, uh, second chapter. All right, verses 1 through 7, and verse 20 and 21. All right, so winning in crisis again was for God to get us out of panic mode. Um, so much anxiety is, has filled the air. The scripture says in Romans about how the whole earth groaneth, all right, groaneth and waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. It means that so much is going on in the earth that people are aching for solutions. And they're aching. And so, so much, uh, especially 2020, with, with many loss of lives that we cannot ignore or take lightly. Um, um, the furloughs on your job. Um, so many things have happened. Or just being uncomfortable. Um, not being, feeling free to go see your loved ones. Not feeling free to spend recreational time. All of that has caused uh, even some depression to hit the earth and be released in so many different ways. And so God was concerned about us. And when he he's concerned one of the ways he heals us or comforts us is he sends his word and so he sent us a series which is titled winning in the crisis winning in the crisis all right and this series winning in the crisis uh, began to teach us how to discipline our emotions how god will step into our crisis comfort us calm us down and begin to give us intentional and tactical steps to coming out of what we're in I begin to teach you that to, to give you a game plan for crisis, we have to calm you down. It's hard to calm a person. It's hard to give people a new strategy for life when they're still stuck in tragedy, stuck in trauma, stuck in what happened. It's hard to give them a new insight. They can't see that life can be any better than the current circumstance when they're in pain. And God began to talk, talk to me about coaching many of you out of your pain, out of your trauma. And we use one of the stories in Mark about Jesus, um, um, how God will get us through storms. All right. I'm going to give you this recap storms. He'll get us through storms. So, so I want you to understand God will give us, get us through storms. And so Jesus tell his disciples, I'll get you in. I'll get you through this storm to the other side. I'll get you through this storm to the other side. He tells his disciples at evening, get 
into the boat. One of the things I want to be able to enjoy over the last couple of months, I want to be able to enjoy it when I'm teaching and preaching and I'm doing high level recaps that you know where I am, especially for those who have been with us for a while. I want you to know where I am, I'm not turning to the verse today. I'm not turning to the scripture today. I'm referring to previous lessons and you should be catching what I'm saying, all right? And Jesus tells the disciples at evening time, get into the boat, let us go over to the other side. As they go into the other side, the storm came and it was contrary to where they was going. They didn't know what to do. They didn't use any faith principles. They didn't stand in agreement. They didn't even act like Jesus was there. And many times when storms come, people vacate what they know. They vacate things that work. And they was acting like Jesus wasn't even in the boat with them. They was frantic. They was going all types of ways. And you're not, you gotta be careful because when storms come, you'll act like Jesus is there and that is not worth serving God. People backslide in times of storm. People jump out the ship in times of storm. Tell somebody, stay in the fellowship. Come on, say, stay in the fellowship. Tell them, say, stay in the stewardship. Say, stay in the stewardship. Come on, say, stay in the worship. Come on, say, stay in it. Say, stay in it. Don't jump the ship in a time of a storm. And they were, they're frantic. They wake Jesus up and say, Master, careth not that we perish? Don't you know what we're going through? The Bible has the nerve to describe that Jesus is in the back of the ship a sleeping on a pillow oh my god <laughs> sleeping in a storm and I don't know who brings a pillow on the ship but Jesus was laying <laughs> or the Bible declares that he had a pillow on the ship and he was sleeping in the storm he wakes up because his children are bothered his disciples are bothered and he rebukes the wind and the sea and he gives them the command to peace be still notice in that same verse he teaches not only do we calm external things tell somebody you can speak to things Come on, so you can speak to things, not just people. People of authority understand I don't just speak to people. See, see, you are going to miss your authority as a believer. We speak to things. Ezekiel 37 even teaches how we speak to things. It's about the bones came together and the sinews and the flesh. It's about speaking to things. We don't just speak to people, but we speak to things, principalities and things in high places. We speak to atmospheres. And he spoke to the winds and the waves and they obey, obeyed him. And after all of that, then he goes back and say, I'm not through. Now I got to correct you disciples and ask you, where was your faith? All right. Where were your faith in that storm? Where were you? I was with you. I was on the boat with you. I was right there. And I've taught this before and I'll teach it again for those who are jumping aboard with us. You at least had three choices in that storm. You had three, at least three choices. One, number one, that they, they did at the end, you can call on Jesus, right? But you can do that before everything go crazy. You ain't got to wait till you out of your wits end. You ain't got to wait trying your own strength. If you don't figure out how to walk in power yourself, you can call on Jesus. So that's number one. But number two, you can walk in authority yourself because that's really what the lesson was for them to stand up and speak to the winds. So that's number two. You can speak to the winds in your storm. But thirdly, the other thing that, that can happen in the boat, you can work with other people. There were other people in the boat and some of us don't win in our storms because we don't use resources well. We don't call nobody when we go through. We don't network well. They, they could have worked with each other while somebody was pushing out the water. Somebody could have been speaking to the wind you could have been networking with the people in your group but when frantic and fear gets upon you you don't even use the resources at your disposal well they had three choices didn't use none of them well were frantic and so Jesus rebukes them and tell them oh ye of little faith 
What's, what's going on? Where was your faith? Where was it? I mean, what were you doing? They sitting there astonished. But I want you to know that Jesus would get us through the storms. We would, that's one thing. Then we learned that he would get us through sickness. All right. First the storms, then sickness, right? Then sickness. We learned that a woman had habit, an issue for 12 years. 12 years. And that's a long time to be dealing with any issue. Amen. Come on. 12 years. That's a whole lot of seconds, a whole lot of minutes, and a whole lot of months. She was dealing with it over a decade, an issue of blood. It's a long time to go, be going through and still holding on. I believe this whole story shows us that this woman had a picture of herself within herself while she still had an issue. It shows us that we have to hold on to who we really believe we are, although we have issues. This woman had this issue, but, and, and we don't really clearly see what we see it. We do see it. We see it in her actions. One of her actions that we see clearly in the text is that this woman said, the Bible says that she went to many physicians and many doctors and she grew worse and she spent all her money. All right. And so one thing we know about her is she was not settling for what she was going through. We know that. We know that she because we know that because if you were settling, you won't get up and go see another doctor. If she was settling, she wouldn't kept attempting to remedy the situation. So we see that this woman is resilient about getting to what she believes she could have. And then we see something so awesome about her when she hears that Jesus is in the midst. The Bible says she said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now we see faith confession first. Now we also see her taking control of her thoughts and letting that thing get into her heart and come even out of her mouth. It shows us that in the midst of sickness, you have to battle. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm giving you a recap. You have to battle for chemistry. You have to battle for chemistry, meaning you got to get your mind, your, your spirit, and your body all in alignment. This woman had to get her mind her vision for her life, her soul, her emotional realm, her intellect, your soul, and her body to go in the same direction. We got to get up from here. We're not complaining. We need chemistry. Come on, if you want to boom, tell somebody you got to get the right mix. You want to boom in your life. You get the right chemistry. Y'all know a little bit of something, something. Put that thing. Get you ever, let me say this. If you ever get your spirit, your body, and your mind or your soul, your mind, your mind or your soul, to agree with one another, and they start fighting against one another if you can ever tell your body you gonna go I know you're tired but body you're going where my mind has said we're going so you're getting up today we got things to do and we got to work together see we always talk about external warfare but the first battle is internal warfare if you can get all of this in the right direction and to high five one another I need my soul to high five my body and I need my body to high five my spirit and I need them to say we about to get Joe to where he gotta go and this woman shows us that it's just more uh, that's going on in her than what you think we think she's overcome by her issues but she's battling to bring everything together and we see that wonderful aspect of wholeness when she gets to Jesus 
This is how we moved from being in a crisis focused on issues, issues. We had, this is how God moved us from focusing on issues, pieces of our lives, to focus on pieces that makes us whole. Oh, y'all about to hear me. Because when he, when she touches the hem of his, his garment, he says, he says, to, who touched me? Which means everybody don't get up after a storm. Everybody don't get up when they're sick. Everybody don't press for it. He wanted to know who touched me. Because everybody don't do that. Everybody don't behave in faith in the time of crisis. He stopped the processional on his way to heal Jairus's daughter and he wants to know who had the boldness to touch me like that. Who wants something? Who pulled for trying? Who? Everybody's disciples. Everybody around you. You see the press, the crowd, the disciples. He said, no, somebody touched me. He turns around. He sees this woman and he says, woman, thy faith hath made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. So Jesus begins not just to be speaking about an issue. He now says your faith has grabbed onto wholeness. And so now I want you to understand that in sickness, God wants you to become whole. Alright? So you think the battle is over sugar diabetes. <laughs> you, we want that to go too, but God wants to move you into wholeness. Because one thing, you can have the sugar diabetes situation remedied and still be broke in your life. Come on, you can come on, still be broke in your life. So we're not just selling. I feel an anointing. We are not just settling. See, this is ah, God. This is the, the place that God wants us to battle for. We're not just settling to get our healing and then go be broken some other area. No, no, no. Jesus says, no, woman, that same faith that you took and it brought you healing is the same faith that'll make you whole. I want you to know we're not just going after just a few pieces of my life. I'm going after the rim of my life that every aspect of my life going to be whole. I'm going to be financially whole. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be whole in my emotions. I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be whole in my spirit. I'm going to be whole in my career. I'm going to be at the right place at the right time, doing the right things for my life, connected with the right people in the right season. I'm not just going to have pieces of my life doing pretty well. I declare that we are moving to the realm of the gold. We are moving to wholeness. Oh, I need somebody who can pursue that. I'm the, hey, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm moving towards Wholeness. Oh God. Then he begins to introduce, hey, that even those who are escaping sin. So we got storms, we got sickness, uh, we got sickness, but we also got sin. He goes in the middle of a sinful situation. I just love Jesus. And he takes a woman caught in adultery, and adultery is nothing to play with. Sin is nothing to play with. But if you are in sin, the best thing that can ever happen to you is that you come to Jesus. When she comes to Jesus, the trajectory of her whole life changes they bring her to Jesus and y'all know the story that he writes on the ground with his finger as the Pharisees and the scribes begin to tell Jesus what you're gonna do with her what you're gonna do Jesus what you're gonna do she caught in sin what you're gonna do with her life she she caught in adultery what you gonna do and Jesus is quiet and he writes down and they keep asking him what you gonna do Jesus what you gonna do Jesus says well he rises up and just say he did without sin cast the first stone so he says if you got enough authority to talk about judgment in somebody's life at least you better be clean holy and never had no sins in your life so if anybody's here that's in that case but 
Jesus says, go ahead and start throwing th stones. And those who know, it says from the eldest to the youngest. So those who live the longest know they done gotten to another, a lot of stuff. Uh, can I pause to say, those of us who are older, I grew up in the church where some of the mothers in the church was mean. And then it makes sense. And then when you really found out some of their stories, which was sad, some of them had babies out of wedlock. Some of them been through all kinds of stuff and it was sad. It would have been much better if they was gracious with what they've been through. It would have been much better if they would have been to tell somebody, girl, I've been there before, but they talked as if they never sinned. And so it's from the eldest to the youngest that they walk away from that situation recognizing they ain't got no business stoning anybody in this circumstance. Jesus began to teach us this and I taught you this, um, this part here, that we got to be understand to be gracious to people, be compassionate to people. And as long as they're coming to Jesus, Jesus can handle any sin situation. And so Jesus will get us out of sin, but not just get us out of sin. He talks to this woman and he says who's around you where are your accusers he said if you don't have any accusers neither I neither do I accuse you he basically brings her into a court of law he's her lawyer and he's her advocate he has just cleared the courtroom she has nobody in there to fight against he says I'm not here hear what Jesus is trying to say uh, see Jesus is trying to say when you in sin I'm not the one fighting you about where you've been I uh, see that's condemnation Jesus don't work that way Jesus I'm not the one fighting you about where you've been I want to know, because I already know where you've been. What I want to know is do you want deliverance? What I want to know is do you want change? So, so when we hear people caught in sin, what I want to mostly know is do you want out of it? That's really what I want. If you got caught, you got caught. What are we going to do? Beat you up because you got caught? You got caught. You got consequences for being caught too. But I do want you to understand, what do you want now? Jesus is there to say, what do you want now? There ain't no accusers here. Neither do I do accuse thee. What do you want? And he said, if I don't accuse you, he says this key word moves her from sin into wholeness by saying, go and sin no more. It helps us as believers that when people sin, hear it clearly, when people sin that we only don't just be on one side of the equation. We got too many immature believers that every time somebody sin, the only thing, the only thing they say is he that without sin, let him cast the first stone. And that's not the only thing Jesus said, but we got a lot of immature true believers that's all the side they stay on they only stay on that side they don't go to the other verses where Jesus told the same woman go and sin no more see we need to be telling believers in this season to go get out of that mess and stop the sinning get out of that circumstance and stop the sinning we only want to preach on the first parts of the verse that tells people uh, he that without sin he was dealing with, he said that to deal with her accusers and those who didn't want her destiny to flourish but if you're going to get yourself and stop getting yourself in the sin and into a mess and having accusers, you got to go and sin no more. Y'all hearing me clearly? So Jesus even teaches how to get out of sin. Y'all got that? That's the third S, storm, sickness, sin. Here's my fourth S is scandal. Everybody say scandal. Sometimes people are stuck in the issue of scandal, their storm or, the, or their crisis is a scandal. You had a vision, you had a dream, you're special, you got a grace over your life, you got an anointing over your life. You got something that God is trying to call you to do. You're special within your family, you're special within your group. There's something unique about you, but sometimes the enemy uh, will come in through people's hearts and minds and sabotage you. And that's the story of Joseph, the patriarch in the book of Genesis. Joseph had a dream. He told it to his brothers. His brothers was already upset that he was favored. 
favored by his dad. His daddy gave him a coat of many colors. That coat of many colors also represents that Joseph walked in diversity of gifts. Every color represented a aspect of life that he was good at. All right, an aspect of life he was good, was gifted in multiple areas of life. And that coat of many colors represented favor. And he and when they heard this dream about him, they was like, "What? You? We ain't serving you. Uh, we ain't serving you. What do you think? Who you think you are?" And they set him up. Uh, they put him inside of a ditch and put him inside of a, a pit. And uh, from that pit, they got his coat and bloodied it like he was killed by an animal, brought it back to his father, really saddened his father, uh, thought he lost his son. And, and the brothers had created this conspiracy that Joseph was killed by an animal. And from there, he was sold into slavery, ended up into the Potiphar's house, got into the Potiphar's house. And when you start rising to f fame and start rising to authority, there also is attractiveness to that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going for the gold, but you better watch out for the scandal. I said, I said we're going for the gold but the more God raised you up the more attractive you become come on when you got wisdom and insight and perspective and you can solve problems come on problem solvers are attractive people who got wit and ability become attractive Joseph walked in and he became attractive to Potiphar's wife but what helped Joseph understand is no I'm not messing with nobody's wife mm -mm, no I, my body belongs to God that's what he said he said I can't do this with you my, my body is the temple of the Holy goes you know no 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 it ain't just about sleeping with you and see men have to really be delivered especially in this area i ain't planning to say this but it's the holy ghost men got to especially not just women women too because we saw a woman caught in adultery some women need to be delivered too all right but men especially need to deliver because we are many times men are that that the strength of their life is how dogmatic they can be and there are cultures and sects if you get your wisdom about how to be a man from the people under the tree y'all know about the people who meet under the tree they be they be at the tree early in the morning before on Sundays before Sunday school start they're already at the tree they call it the tree of wisdom and they at the tree on the corner maybe I never grew up in a neighborhood like that where people gather at the tree or gather at certain behind some wood somewhere and talk all kind of stuff and if you've been taught how to be a man from somebody who are carnal it'll make you pursue that level of egotistical male chauvinist mentality and Joseph had the opportunity and it, oh see I ain't saying nothing I'm gonna teach up in here by the Holy Ghost see Joseph could have had what they called the prized possession he could have walked around Potiphar's place telling all the people man excuse me for I'm gonna talk for a few seconds because I'm just gonna use vernacular that certain people can bear witness with so just bear with me man I got that man shoot man shoot man I'm over there at the Potiphar's house we ain't there for real dude that's what you're doing yeah man she won't be man I've been over there three nights in a row see if you not careful y'all know what I'm talking about how I'm coming y'all know what I'm talking about I've been there I, I know I grew up in some stuff that God had to deliver me out of I'm, see see that language will always bring you to sin that type of stuff will always Joseph walked in favor and he said no I'm not messing up my favor I'm not messing it up this woman and because he rejected her hallelujah because he rejected her and her advances she felt like who are you my husband and gave you all this stuff I'm powerful too who are you and and, and when he ran away out of his coat she screamed and hollered ah! 
She screamed and hollered, which made it appear that he was the one coming onto her and he was the one making events to her. And of course, her word was stronger than and his word. And of course, I'm sure with tears and trembling and all the other stuff that went along with her show, uh, it was hard for anybody to believe that this slave boy who they found in the pit would look at you. Imagine the situation. Look at you. You was nothing. You was in a pit. Now you get into this place and you want to take advantage. See, it made it look like he went and I'm telling you some of y'all been scandalized because your grace you've been scandalized because your favor the enemy has been trying to set you up because what God has called you to do but Joseph said look look as long as I keep pleasing God no matter who tries to come against me they can't stop me oh somebody ought to clap your hands right there ah, I may not be in good graces with everybody everybody may not invite me to lunch but as long as I don't offend God ah, you can't stop me everybody may not call my name because they don't want me to get no credit because they know every time I show up God uses me God favors me so they may not call me to the meeting but that's fine as long as I don't sin and offend my greatest sponsor my greatest funder y'all ain't saying nothing my greatest funder is the Holy Ghost my greatest sponsor is God ain't no worry about everybody who you connected with I'm connected with the Lord God the one who owns the cattle on a thousand you want to know who funded me <laughs> hey you want to know who sponsoring me and many people mess up their favor worried about connection with other people instead of God uh, God, but uh, Joseph is able. Let me get through here. This is my this is my fifth S. Uh huh. I'm going to my last point. Uh, Lord help. Mm -hmm. And then listen, he's able to say, look, at the end of it, and this is what you know when God's on you. After you go through the scandal, the lies, the misfortune, and be processed for glory, processed to be used, learn how to be humble. Learn what it is to really walk in favor and have humility. Come on. Have humility. When you've been processed, like Joseph was, you can get to the end. When he got to the end, say the enemy meant this for evil. See, that's what his final conclusion, which, which is to say, I ain't mad at nobody. See, see, we got too many people go through stuff, and it's 10 years later, and they still bitter. And when you talk to them, you will think it happened yesterday because the emotion is so fresh. On their lips, you think, when did this happen? You talking to them, and you know, I don't know about you, um, but if you're not careful, emotion can suck you in to being compassionate to somebody. It really can. If you see somebody really hurt and crying, emotion will really suck you in. And you start listening to them, what? What happened? Oh, my God. Especially if you got tears and there's some emotional, physical uh, symptoms. They're shaking. You, you, you first, my God, what's what you've been through? And then when you finish talking to them, they say, you say, my God, when did this happen? Oh, these about 12 years ago. And while it's still a real circumstance that happened, part of you say, my, but by now, you hadn't processed this thing. By now, you hadn't forgiven. See, I'm telling you, you can't maintain your favor holding on to old offices. You can't, because when people look at you, let me tell you what I just heard, what happened to that, from that person. What I just heard from that person. I heard they have the inability to move on. 
And that's what they just told me. And so when I talk to them or if I interview them in an interview setting, let me help some of y'all. When I do interviews in an interview setting and I give them, let me help some of y'all on these interviews. And I, they give you an interview question. Tell me about a time that you disagreed with somebody and, uh, and how did you work the circumstance out? Da, da, da. And you bring a five-year situation with, with right now emotion like you happened yesterday. They're looking at you like, mm-hmm, oh, wow. And they're looking at each other saying, mm-mm, we don't want her. We don't want him because they don't have the ability to overcome what happened. They don't have the ability to reset themselves and say it happened. I'm about to have a brand new day. I'm not allowed somebody else's way they treated me to keep me in depression or to keep me I ain't saying nothing or to keep me. See Joseph would have lost his, his destiny if he was still walking around every day. Potiphar's, Potiphar restored him. He came up out of he went to the pit then he went into the prison. He came up out of the prison. Why did he come up out of the prison y'all? Because he was prophesying in the prison he was telling people you ain't gonna make it told somebody else you're gonna be f successful he was still functioning in his gift while he was going through and many people quit while they in scandal many people become perverted him perversion perversion is you're trying to operate in your gift but you're still bitter and so when people hear you function it's oh, some parts of that sound good but something don't sound right because you're still bitter about it but Joseph was able to overcome the scandal and overcome what happened to him that at the end he says the devil meant this for evil but God meant it for good to save many people alive and I'm telling you although you've been through so much misfortune if you allow God to process you heal you God will use it for his glory and ain't nobody can stop you yourself in the graces of God. Will you clap your hands right there and give God praise? Come on, you can get through anything. You can get through any crisis. You can get through any storm, any sickness, any sin, any scandal. Let me put my finger on this final verse and I'll be through. But in 2 Timothy, I'm just going to go to 20 and 21. If you stay with me, I promise to get to the rest of this stuff. But just go to 20 and 21. Mean, stay with me. Come back on Wednesday. Connect on next Sunday. I'll get to the rest of it. All right. But today, I feel like you're doing good. God done did his thing. I'm at 20 and 21. And this is how I want to open up. And I'm bridging you from winning in the crisis to going for the goal. Here's the verse I want to use. In 20 and 21. 2 Timothy, second chapter. And I'm going to use this and we'll pray. 2 Timothy, second chapter, 20, 21. I'm reading from the NIV. So if you have a different translation, it may read a little different. But verse 20, 2 Timothy, second chapter, verse 20 says, In a large house, there are articles, which are vessels, containers, not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. All right? Gold and silver, things Things that vessels are made out of, gold and silver, or also wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Now, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about good china and ordinary china. I'm talking about paper plates and what you set out for Thanksgiving. That's what I'm talking for Christmas. You know, no, 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 go on, that, go on up in that cabinet right there and then get that box in there. Yeah, get that. Get that, get that place with that gold trimming around and all that. There are certain things that you use for special purposes. And certain things, you know, on a Friday night, mama said, don't you touch my dishes, I ain't washing. I ain't washing no dishes tonight. You better get them paper plates. Uh-uh-uh, I don't know about you, I done seen Pastor Robin make Joshua transfer everything in his plate to a paper plate. 
no, no, and now go wash that plate because I'm not washing no dishes and, and we're not washing no dishes tonight. You're going to use them paper plates right there. Transfer everything you had on that. Come on right now. Get it. Well, I'm already got it on there. Get it off and put it on that paper plate. He's saying there are things that you are, are have uh, such an appeal that they are used for special purposes and some used for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter, the latter is the common use, will be instruments for special purposes. Those who cleanse themselves from just being common. Those who cleanse themselves from just being ordinary to allowing supernatural to make them for special use and special purposes. Cleanse themselves from the latter. That means there's a whole li a lifestyle attached to being common. Okay, I'm going into all today. I'm opening up the series. There's a whole lifestyle. There's a whole series, uh, series of thinking and thoughts. And I'm going to get in Psalms 1 a little bit later. I'll give you a clue. And Psalms 1 going to help us discover how common people live and how supernaturally unique blessed people live. We're going to get in Psalms 1. For those who want to know the next step, go read Psalms 1. But, but, but those who will cleanse themselves, so Psalms the first chapter, all right? Though, uh, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, which means sanctified. So we will definitely continue to talk about wholeness and going for the goal. And we'll talk about a life of wholeness and holiness, which really is the same spirit, same spirit. We've talked about wholeness. We talked about holiness a lot in the church, but we have not talked about holy wholeness. And it's really the same spirit. It's the same a root spirit to be whole. It's also the same of holiness. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, that means sanctified, put to the side, useful to the master, and prepared to do any and every good work. This is what going for the gold means. It means that God is going to make you ready for every aspect of your life and your destiny. This is mentally, this is physically, this is financially. This is your whole life coming together to please God. This is your whole life. Some of you are good on money matters, but your spiritual life is low. Your prayer life is low. This is about God helping you aim for the goal. The goal is the highest attainment and achievement. And God is trying to move us to the goal, this area of life where he calls the gold. It's the area of wholeness. Some of us are good in certain aspects of our lives and other lives are low and lacking. And God said, I want you to go for the goal. I want you to set your sails for the gold. I want you to set your sails to be whole and complete. I'm going to talk about friendships. I'm going to talk about relationships. I'm going to talk about company you keep. We're going to talk about conversations. We're going to talk about so much over the next weeks and months to help gravitate your whole life to wholeness. God wants us to go for the goal. He said this person who will sanctify themselves, cleanse themselves from being common, remove, remove themselves from being common, and move into that place where he calls us a peculiar people, a holy people, a holy nation, a set-apart nation. We can walk in the blessing and the favor of God. We can walk in the wisdom of God. We can walk in the insight of God. 
We can walk in the grace of God. Will you lift your hands? I feel you anointing. I pray for you. It's time to go for the gold in our lives. Every uh, life aspect of your life, every facet of your life, your thought life got to become in the wholeness. Your thought life got to come in the wholeness. God wants us to go for the gold, every aspect of your life. Physically, your health, your thought life, your relationships, your companions, bring you in the wholeness. Your networks, wholeness. Things that feed you. Things you allow to feed you. God is moving us from just being people who live in pieces. People who just still have issues. And God wants us to push us and grace us. With your hands lifted, I want to start praying that today. As we open it up, I want to pray that you're open to this message. I want to pray that you will receive this ministry of teaching and preaching that I have for you. That you will open up. It's going to challenge you, even as it's challenging me. But God wants to challenge us for places that many believers, and I'm not saying we're the only one, because you know, one of the things I'll be careful of when God's pushing you in places, some people start gravitating like they're the only one saved, they're the only one favored. The preachers start preaching like they're the only one going. No, 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 no. But there's a place in the spirit that a lot of Christians are not pursuing. They're immature, they're babies. They're saved, but they're babies. And they've been saved a long time. And they're still babies. But God wants us to reach that place of going for the goal. God wants your life to be whole. God wants our children to be whole. I'm going to pray for kids today. I felt led in my meditation time today to pray for kids and pray for our children. I mean, my wife was talking even this morning about kids and our kids. And there's some things I got to talk to my son about, share with him about, conversations of life, perspective. Our kids need to really hear us talk and share. Share perspective about life and living. There's so much warfare going on. There's so much other teachings and other ways of living. And I, and I call it lies. Because the enemy is the, art, uh, is the masterful artist of deception. And he's told our children some lies. And our children are believing these lies. Some of our parents are fostering these lies. And our children are down wrong paths. And so I want to pray for kids. Matter of fact, let me pray for it right now. Let's pray for our youth. Let's just pray for our children. They see so much. They hear so much. And the warfare for them is, is quite different than many of us growing up. Because we were kind of sheltered in some regards from what, everything that goes on. But with technology have come increased access. And at their fingertips, and even the way the world is, there's just so much that's getting through the gates of technology into the ears and the minds of our children. Just think about it. There are many times that our children hear about sex education from an unholy and profane person than, be, than before their parents. Sometimes the school has become the first teacher on sex education. And you never know how that's coming. So we got to talk to our kids about stuff and things that you don't know how to talk about. You got to get with somebody else as parents. You in this thing now. Parents, you in this thing now. I don't care if you looked up and you end up having a child from somebody you, you loathe. I don't care. You in this thing now. I said, you in this thing now, you got to get educated, taught, enlightened, 
so you can pour into this child and be everything this child needs so father i pray for our parents and i pray for our youth today i pray that they will understand the way of the lord i, I pray that they will understand the way of truth i pray that they will their minds and their hearts will be protected that they're able to live a life of a child free carefree protected preserved i pray for our parents and our children i want to say this too i pray for our parents to be guardians i pray for our parents to be guardians i pray for parents to be guardians it means we guard over their footsteps we guard where they go that we guard where they sleep and i've talked about this before we guard where they lay their heads we guard who they talk to we guard who they connect with we guard hallelujah meaning we we control the gate hallelujah it means the gate has a hinge i'm not talking about keeping your child in the back room in bondage and they're able to experience any form of life but i'm talking about having a gate that we judge the gate and determine what's possible and what gives access and so father i thank you for parents becoming guardians by nature and teachers which has been the hardest lesson in this season one of the hardest lessons of this season with the school deciding between virtual and pandemic and brick and mortar it's the hardest lesson is was for parents to take over the lead role of a teacher it was the hardest spiritual and it happened because of the, the, the pandemic for parents to be teachers and we know that parents are the first teachers but we know parents don't necessarily have may have all the wisdom or capacity to teach all this math this common core and all this other stuff but it still put the parent back into center focus of ensuring the destiny educational wise of their child is going down the wrong right path and i thank you lord god that we will maintain what we have gained through the pandemic hear me clearly god has put something back into our hands as parents and guardians and we will maintain even when things open back up even when things are are more free and we don't have we have less precaution we will still maintain that decision a point that point of deciding what's best for our child glory to god god has put us back in the seat glory to god parents hear me god has put us back in the seat we were getting out of the seat of our authority hallelujah but through the pandemic god still works his goodness through the pandemic god still works his word through the pandemic god still works his promises and god has put us back in the seat to be proper parents and guardians and so i pray for parents that you will grace us and give us wisdom insight and perspective and i thank you and i prayed this before in the month of june but I pray for homes of conversation. I pray for homes of conversation. You can't just have homes of instruction. You do, you need instruction in the home. So home has, is the first place of instruction. But you can't be, you can't be off balance that your house is only full of rules, requirements, instruction. Your house must become a house of conversation. That means you talk and the child talks too. You never know what, how to develop your child if they're not talking. And some of you don't create conversation. And because you don't create conversation, you don't know what's in the thought of your child. When my children talk, now I know what I need to train, what I need to respond right i know how to uh, properly uphold them and some of your homes are missing conversation you only got one plane you only got instruction and requirements and you're only a parent that says this is my house it's going to be the way i want it to be and you're only parenting partially 
Yes, I believe in requirements. Yes, I have those too. But you got to have conversation. You got to be able to talk. What's going on? What's going on? How you feeling? What's going on? Have conversation. So you can help develop that child. And so, Father, we pray this grace upon us. We pray the love upon our children. And we pray that the bond. Keep your hands lifted, parents. And the bond. That is ordained to be between our children and the parent will not be broken. I pray for every, fill every gap, every space. Some of your parents are really battling with the closeness with your children. And the Lord says, fill the gaps with love. Fill the gaps with love. With, with also patience. Fill the gap with patience and love. And I will bring you together like never before. And so I pray for any type of gaps between parents and children where there's a distrust and there are arguments and all kind of stuff that block the union of a parent and a child bonding together. And that child knowing that that parent has their back is in there. And if they see the message, something is happening in the message. If the child doesn't feel that you have their back and their good interest, something is happening in the message. And I understand children have the greater propensity to be immature. I understand that. But as parents, we're the one that have to be mature and make sure that the message is clear. We cannot allow the child, which are growing up, don't understand mature, thing, mature things, to be, interpret our message or the way we communicate or the way we act in a way that they don't get it. We have to make sure they get it in love. I hope I'm reaching you today. I hope I'm able to explain what I'm feeling in the spirit because there's a gap and some parents have to change how you're talking, how you're behaving. That child may need you to slow down a little bit. You may be this fast parent, dot, 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 but your child ain't dot, 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 dot. Slow down. Slow down. You know, you, sometimes people just won't meet me where I am. No, sometimes you have to go where people are. You can't just meet me where I am. I'm praying for the parent. I feel a spirit in parenting that is improper. I feel a spirit in parenting, an attitude in parenting. It's almost domineering. It's, it's, um, it's, and if you don't get, let me say it, God, it's almost, if you don't get delivered, parents, somebody I'm talking to, God's trying to help you. It's almost going to be sad that that child had you as a parent. I said it's going to be sad if you don't get delivered and develop some other parts of your own self so you can talk to this child. And sometimes you're a product of what you didn't receive. But you're grown now. This is what I got, always reminds me of adult people. You can never look back at your childhood and say, I'm only, I'm what I am because of what I didn't get. You're grown now. You can go get what you never got. You can go find what you never had. You can go research it. You can go get it. You ain't, I never had nobody be compassionate with me. I never had nobody take time. But now you're grown. You can go get that. You can go receive. You're grown now. You can foster those environments. You're grown now. You can choose. And what you didn't have as a child that you still need and maybe deficit as an adult, you can catch up and you're responsible for yourselves. Parents, let's get back into the driver's seat. Our children need us. Our children need us. And so, Father, I thank you for this goal that we're going for today. 
piece by piece we're not covering everything today we have to come back to the table and talk again but father i praise you for this anointing that causing us to go for the gold and i want you to just lift your hands and begin to worship i preached a lot i taught a lot but i just want you to open yourself up come on parents come on dads come on mothers come on grandfathers and aunties and uncles come on people of god open yourself up that you're going for the gold this is my season to go for the gold i'm going for the gold i'm going for the gold i'm going for the gold hallelujah we're going for the gold thank you holy spirit thank you holy ghost thank you jesus father we love you today settle this word in us on what you can do for a life that's in your hands that's committed to your word thank you holy spirit glory to god keep your hands lifted we're going into communion those who need to accept the lord savior jesus christ now is your moment those who need to repent of their sins and say lord forgive me i accept your son hallelujah thank you jesus i accept him as lord and savior i want him to be in my life I don't want to live in error. I don't want to live in wrongdoing. Help me, Jesus. If you're there, go ahead and say, Jesus, come in my life. Come in my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus died for your sins. The blood will cleanse you and wash you. And by faith, through confession, you say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. He's saving you right now. He's delivering you right now. If that's you, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and say, Jesus, come in. Make me better. Cleanse me. Be my savior. I repent. I turn my back. I denounce sin. I denounce wrongdoing. I de denounce un unholy living. And you're my king, my savior today. Come in my heart. Fill me with your goodness. Show me the life that I can live with your help. Come on, if you're, you're that person, go ahead and repent. And accept Jesus those hands lifted we're getting ready for our time of fellowship and communion I surrender surrender all. come on let's sing it together sing I
bread similitude of the body of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ which was hung on a cross on a tree he was bruised and battered for us break it eat all of it which is similitude that he was broken for our healing he was broken for our wholeness and by faith through communion in him hallelujah we take on wholeness we don't settle for being partial, pieced, puzzled, broken, frazzled. Wholeness is our portion. And the juice represents the blood in which the New Testament is sealed. We have received greater promises through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And in my worship this morning, I told the Lord, you didn't just die. But you gave your life. You gave your blood. It means you get a blood transfer from his life to our life. So this blood not only cleanses us, but it makes us ready for the new life in Christ. Drink ye all of it. Drink it. By faith, we are cleansed and now ready for the new life. We have received a blood transfusion. And we have taken on the blessings and the favor that comes through Jesus Christ. Come on. Say, I, 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 I surrender. I give it up to you. I, I. Yes, I do. We're going for the gold. I want you to listen. Over the next week, we'll be getting ready for an after-church experience with our food pantry. We're getting back to some of the things we were doing prior to the pre, uh, pandemic. Still doing things safely, um, but there is wisdom on how to move forward and still be precaution. How to you be how to move forward and still use precaution. And so, our, our actually our food pantry has always been pretty extra safe anyway because they have very little contact with the public and we were doing that prior to and we were just doing that out of efficiency just out of efficiency and so there are just some practice but now we just added the mass um, as well but again people just drive by we place it in their cars and wave to them and keep on going very efficient production and process we've been doing for several years and so we'll start our after experience coming up second Sunday in October, which is next Sunday. All right. So we'll be doing that at noon. All right. So get ready. It starts at noon. So it will be like right about now, next Sunday. <laughs> right. It'll be like right about now after church experience. All right. And so we set it up that time. So when the time does come for us to reassemble together at the local house, 1317 High Road, um, which will be coming up. God has given me a plan for it. I've just been walking it up and just having peace about the timing of God. And so I pray that you are just with us. So again, get ready for next Saturday, next Sunday after church experience. But I've just been at peace about how God has been leading us. I've got great instruction from other senior leaders that's doing it safely and doing it wisely. And so the plan is not a problem, just waiting on timing. And I've just been sensitive to God about when the timing should be. And then that time is getting you ready for the time to resume and how we're going to do it and things of that nature. So, um, again, one of the prayers I prayed for our church body, that there will be no loss of life for our church body. That's one of the personal prayers I prayed for God. 
and I told the Lord I said no loss of life for any member of our church during the COVID-19 and one of the areas of authority that I know I have is in the area of where I pastor all right and so I just been sensitive to God I've already taught you that I'm not a person who walks in fear so even the fact that we're not fully open to the public has nothing to do with fear I'm good. Amen. I go to work every day. <laughs> so again, I'm not based on fear. Um, and that's one of the things I really don't live in. One of my gifts is the gift of faith. And so fear don't normally govern my decisions. And I really get through the clutter of all the chatter that goes on in the world. I hear and I go in prayer and I get a peace about what God wants me to do and what he wants us to do. So be at peace about what we're doing currently. And then be at peace when we do start opening back up to the public and then how we will do it be at peace about that as well alright now we'll do things in the timing of the Lord that God has for us and we'll be fine according to the word of the Lord alright everybody hands lifted Father I love you today I praise you for the grace that we walk in the wisdom that we walk in thank you for the supernatural peace that we walk in we speak peace to every heart and every mind every family every household we thank you for joy we thank you for abundance I thank you for financial increase Thank you for a capacity increase as well in the life of your people. I thank you for capacity increase in this season. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory. I've been feeling some new money for you, Brother Bobby, over the last couple of weeks. It's been on the tip of my tongue. Some financial stuff that God wants to do for you in your life. Some financial financing stuff so you can live the life that he has for you. There's some new steps and some new instructions and some new stuff that you're going to have to do for life so you can have what God wants you to have in Jesus name I've been feeling that in the spirit for the last couple of days hallelujah come on God's going to even raise us up I've been raised up financially I've always told my y'all my testimony I've been, I was kicked out of Florida State because I wouldn't study amen I would not study I want to do sports but God raised up my salary amen he raised it up glory I'm trying to get to them six figures and people keep messing with me I know it. Thank you. I am. I really am. But I, hallelujah. And I don't mind talking about that, not uh, cavalier, but spiritually. I believe I should be able to reach every place in my life. Come on, keep your hands lifted. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, when you start growing in every aspect of your life, the devil can stop tormenting you in certain areas. He'll stop tormenting your family, stop tormenting your destiny. You'll have peace. He won't be tormenting you about what you can do, what you're supposed to have. And that's what God is doing. He's rebuking the tormentor. Hallelujah, and he's rebuking the accuser in your life. And I thank you, Lord, for this grace. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I'm trying to get out of here. <laughs> thank you for what you're doing in our spirits. Thank you that the gate has been opened. A gate of deliverance, a gate of breakthrough. A gate has been opened towards us. Mentally, a gate has been opened. We're starting to see who we can be, what we can do, the things we can have. The type of families we can have. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was even praying for Brother Gerard Walters and his family and what God is doing in his life. And God has God is raising him up as a righteous father to his children. He has a daughter. Amen. And a daughter on the way. Amen. So he don't just play keyboard. Amen. He he's being fruitful in this season of his life. He just don't play music. Amen. He's been fruitful prophesying to you and talking to you, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> he's too busy talking to the musicians. Amen. But I've been praying for him on how God's expanding him and God's raising him up in this season and doing some new things in his life. Come on, just keep your hands lifted, y'all. I'm just lingering in the spirit. I'm about to go. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give me a few seconds to grace. I just feel this anointing. Hallelujah. I can't tell you how interested and how eager God is to make many of you whole. I can't tell you how interested and how eager God is to make you whole. To bring you out of your worst nightmares, to bring you out of your limitations, to bring you out of your sins and your habits. I can't tell you how eager the Spirit is. So Father, we just thank you today for what you've shared with us. We thank you for our brothers and sisters connected all over the world. <laughs> all online, all over the world. Of different countries hearing the word of the Lord and being blessed by what you have. Bless our families. Help us to walk in the grace and go for the gold. In Jesus' precious name. Before you get off the timeline, go ahead and speak to your neighbor on your timeline. You can't hug them, but tell them, hey, God bless you today. Thank you for joining in fellowship. Come on. Don't just jump offline. Greet somebody. Come on. Just like I would tell you if you was here physically, don't just run in the car. We can't. We can't. We got the physical distance here. But online, you can talk up. Hey, sister, bless you. See you. Hey, my brother. See you next week. See you Wednesday. God bless you in Jesus' name. You we hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.